Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Making Sense podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, hello. John with that deep voice. Hello, hello, hello. Speaking of, let's introduce ourselves so everyone knows who's on. This is Sam here. Kalisha. Jerome. Tons here. And we have a special guest. Yes, we have a special guest. So, Ricardo Hyatt is here, who is, what's your, what's the job title now? Um, Assistant Director for Housing. At the Greater London Authority. Hey, <laughs> them, <laughs> them titles. They have to fold out his business card. Mad. Business cards aren't good for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> Paperless. Leave, man. So yeah, Ricky's a, a old friend of mine. I won't say how long we know each other because I don't expose her my age. I will. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. I love it, man. Just know we're old. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so look, we've done previous uh, episodes in and around the topics of, of housing. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be good to have someone who's, uh, you know, subject matter expertise and right in the heart of, of what housing is trying to achieve in this country, especially in London, to come and talk to us and, and give a bit of clarity, possibly give a bit of advice as far as he can. Um, and yeah, just shine some light on a few, on a few hot topics. <coughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Very hot topic at the yeah. moment. This but is a particularly interesting mm-hmm. uh, episode for me because the whole idea of affordable housing mm-hmm. has always been in my, simply because I've always felt like I couldn't afford it. Yeah, I'm honest. And I know I'm, I'm not the biggest owner in the world, but I've often thought if I can't afford it, that, that means a lot of people that yeah. definitely mm-hmm. can't, yeah. you know? And, I, and also I just felt like there was a bit of a disconnect. So you hear this affordable housing thing. Mm. But then you hear a lot about, as you guys have said, people not being able to afford it. So it's yeah. like, what's the gap? Mm. What does it actually mean? But me and Ricky talk about this regularly. That's how, and that's another reason for the episodes. Over the years, when I want to understand something, I can just pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. Not yeah, everyone's yeah. got that luxury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is another reason why he needs to sort of, it'll be good for him to come on here, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So, so that's effectively why. And I think I said to you when, I, when we talked before enormous I call it pre-production we got pre-production now progress progress in pre-prod about just um, I think if you start off by clearing up some of the myths I guess yeah, or yeah. some of that and then yeah we've got a longest of great questions I think that you'll be able to touch on but before we do so, you know, the disclaimer, please mm-hmm. always remember we are not registered financial advi- advisors so the information we provide is just food for thought so do your Googles Basically, that's it. Don't sue me. <laughs> you can't come but out, you ain't get any money. That's right. <laughs> broke, you know. So, affordable housing. What is affordable housing? Um, this is. Or do you want to explain what you actually do first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. First, <laughs> what I should say first is, you know, obviously I've already introduced myself and 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 my position, um, but I am here in a personal capacity. Yeah. Um. However. Uh, if I take it from the top, so I uh, work at the Greater London Authority, which is basically the body um, that sits behind the Mayor of London. Um, so the Mayor is the, he's the politician, mm. he's the head, he has certain um, objectives and certain statutory duties. Um, beneath that, you obviously need people to do the work and gotcha. to deliver on his objectives mm-hmm. and housing mm-hmm. is one of them. Yeah. So um, I uh, work in a directorate um, responsible for delivering housing in London. And when I say responsible, I mean for investing in housing in London, in particular affordable housing. And I'll come mm. on to what affordable, that word again. <laughs> yeah. I'll come on to what affordable <laughs> housing means in a second. Um, so there's a, there's a directorate, about 130 of us or so. And we have responsibility for um, distinguishing 
um, those or relinquishing uh, those responsibilities that the mayor has around housing. Uh, the mayor also owns land, um, which most people don't know. Mm. So um, around Greenwich Peninsula, for example, mm. and around the O2, a mm -hmm. lot of that land is owned by the mayor. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what he what he does is because we're not set up to um, you know directly build and construct homes ourselves, mm. we go out and we identify partners who mm. we work with through certain agreements to help us to do that. Got you. Mm. Another sort of big example is Barking Riverside. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's so yeah, yeah, a whole new district being built. Yeah. And all of that is being built through a joint venture between um the mayor or the GLA and um uh L and Q. Okay. Mm -hmm. Quadrant. So yeah. that's the land side. On the housing side, it's more about investment. Um it's so every few years or every sort of three or four years. The mayor um, will negotiate a funding settlement with government um, mm -hmm. in order to um, invest in affordable housing delivery in London. But with that come certain conditions around the number of homes he needs to deliver. Mm -hmm. And all of that is informed by an assessment of housing need mm -hmm. in London. Mm -hmm. So every few years, he has a housing strategy. Uh -huh. He has what's called a London plan, mm -hmm. where he has to go out and make an assessment of what we're delivering in terms of supply mm -hmm. and where the gap is gotcha. and what's needed. So at a very basic level, as a summary, that's what I do and yeah, well, so, well, so not I'm much then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you know, there, there are people who are at the sharp end, and, I, and I, it's really important I say this. So, you know, there's also um, involvement in uh, relieving rough sleeping, for example. Yeah, okay. we did an episode on that. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which is a hot topic at the moment. Yeah. We've done so an episode stop, you know, on that, by yeah, the way, people. Exactly. Mm. Um, going all the way back to you know, let's increase the supply of homes. Yeah. yeah. Is that entirely possible at the moment in London, do you think, to keep, how, how, what's the upper limit, do you think? So the mayor's own assessment says that we need 60, we need to be delivering 66,000 homes a year. Mm. Um, he has set, he has set a strategic target that at least half of those should be affordable. And I still haven't said what affordable. Mm. Yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry, people. We're going to get there. At least half of that needs to be affordable in order to not only deliver the need that there is now, mm. but for us to catch up the deficit from years of under-delivery. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that number, if we continue on the same trajectory, that gap is only going to continue to broaden. Got you. Mm. So, um, yeah. Is there, and I know we're going to get to affordable yeah. housing, but so that target is based on delivering new homes. Yeah, so... Not repurposing any sort of existing stock. Yeah. There could be empty homes, etc. Because it can't just be about just keep building... No. We're going to run out of space eventually. We will, but we've got a long way to go. Okay. So really? how, how this 66,000 home target has come about is there's a, there's a land and market assessment done. Mm -hmm. There's a strategic land and housing market assessment done where you go out, the mayor will do a call for sites, he'll talk to local authorities in order to assess what land is out there. Mm -hmm. And that number is derived <coughs> from the land that's out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And that's, you know, in, 
excluding greenfield land. Mm. Got you. So greenfield land is well, you can't build in there. You can't yeah. Build, yeah. Okay. All right. So just one quick question. So in terms of population density, is there any consideration around that? Because that's always been something in the back of my mind that we can keep on throwing up flats, mm-hmm. but will London become too densely populated, especially for the current services that we have? Or is yeah. that? But the economy sorts that out, doesn't it? Because the cost of living pushes people out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, to a certain level. If we look no. at what's happened in America. Uh, yes and no, but I mean, okay, say London becomes nothing but a bunch of high-rise apartments. You've got a lot, the population density, so even those people that can afford to live yeah. in London, yeah. mm-hmm. it will just be a more densely populated area than it was 20, 30, definitely than when my dad grew up because everyone had a house, yeah. which took up yeah. more space. Yeah. Interesting, now, yeah. does that be- make it difficult to get around London? They're trying to pedestrianise London, I imagine, yeah. because of that population density. Yeah. Um, your schools, your hospitals, they become more overstretched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, are those considerations as well, I suppose? Um, yeah, so, you know, population growth is a consideration, mm. but that goes hand in hand with better infrastructure. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, Crossrail, <coughs> all of that stuff. Yeah, at yeah. some point, yeah. um, we are going to run out of space, mm. but then, you know, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for any particular approach, but, you know, there's greenfield land. Mm. Um, but politically, yeah, that's you know, tough, central that's government won't stop. Yeah, that's won't tough. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. And, yeah, and the mayor has been clear that you know he he also isn't in favour of that. Mm. But that's partly because there is so much brownfield land out there. There's so many what we call infill opportunities that we haven't even utilised. Yeah, got you. You know, there's the land is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird yeah. to think of London as a place where there's still land to build houses. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. see it. <laughs> no, I think so. But I think Barking Riverside is is an example of that. Yeah, there's so much space over. That's not London to me. So why is it, it always is right in a city airport. It doesn't get much more London than that. <laughs> why is it always flats and not houses? I think because of demand, though. Because, well, so, there's all, it's predominantly flats and not houses in certain locations. So in inner London, for example, the, the, um, the makeup of an area, mm. when you're talking about infill opportunities, makes it difficult. If you're an inner London council and you've got, I don't know, 20,000 people on your, on your waiting list, mm-hmm. you're going to want to push density. Mm. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're building standalone houses on a development footprint of a certain size, then technically you, you, only get, you, will, only, you will get fewer units yeah. or fewer mm-hmm. homes. Yeah, it's not efficient, efficient yeah. use of the land, is it? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to build upwards, you, I guess. You will get fewer yeah. homes. And, and that's the challenge. Yeah. yeah. So you basically know, it needs to be flats because of the 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 goal yeah it's we just need a, yeah it's efficiency it's yeah. efficient use of sites mm. but also it's about to be be blunt about it it's it's you know people get elected on the back of mm. you know providing sufficient supply of homes for mm. people are going to be voting for them yeah. mm. so it's a balancing act yeah mm. but what i would say is every site's different yeah okay. yeah mm. and, and it's interesting i always i can always say to you a lot i always look at america because yeah, I was about like to say that. The problem, where I always say, we're America minus ten, yeah, minus fifteen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you look at places like New York and the places yeah. like that, where the density has got crazy, it's <laughs> all flats, yeah, yeah. flats, yeah. Flat, and obviously some people's flats are basically like our houses, but mm. it's all flats, flats, mm. flats, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, it's a good question. It's, it's interesting. So back to afford- <laughs> affordable housing. Yes. What is affordable housing? The easiest way um, to explain it is. Affordable housing is for those whose needs, those households whose needs aren't being met by the market. And what I mean by that is if you take the market, it's about homes that are for sale, private mm-hmm. sale, mm-hmm. Or, or homes that are for private rent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where you have people on median incomes, mm-hmm. 
um, because of the cost mm. of you know either b- buying a private home or renting privately, mm. they aren't able to afford it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then, either local government or central government has to make provisions in order to ensure that those people can afford to get a home, a safe and stable home. Mm. So beneath that, there are different types of tenures okay. or different tenures of home. Mm-hmm. And this is where the confusion comes in. Mm-hmm. So local authorities, they've got a statutory duty to house people. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford... No, I like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if you can't afford to buy a home on the open market or rent privately, mm. the local authority has to support you to do that. Okay. So the first of those tenures is social rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. So what social rent is, again, going back to how it relates to the market, mm. the government um, sets the rents that are charged. Okay. So there's like a rent setting regime. Yeah. And every sort of four or five years that's revised. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at social rent in relation to the market, those properties tend to go to people who are most in housing need. So the local authority will set criteria for people um, based on need. Overcrowding, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, household income, mm. for example. And, you know, there's criteria they have to meet until they make their way up the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once they get to the top, the, the local authority has an allocation policy. And those people who are deemed to be most in housing need are more, most likely to get into a property mm-hmm. where the rents are at social rent levels. Is that intermediate rent? No. We'll oh, get wow, to okay. That. How yeah. that relates to the market is social rent is somewhere between, say, 25% and 40% of the market price that you pay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So if, you're, if, if the market, wow. monthly market rent is a thousand pounds a month, mm-hmm. 25% is 250. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 250 to 400. The things mm. I could do with that kind of rent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm speaking, man's just dreaming. You know? <laughs> bro, bro. The Holiday. things I would be. <laughs> so that, that's social rent. Got you. Okay. Um, and historically, you know, that's been the go-to. Yeah. When people yep. think of affordable housing, yeah. you've got an issue, you can't afford to rent, you go to the, the council yep. and, mm-hmm. you know, you get into that property. Yeah. Tell them you're homeless, you get yeah. a property. Yeah. Then you've got affordable rent. So affordable rent, um, when the uh, coalition government came in in 2010, Mm -hmm. um, they took an approach as part of the um, austerity measures to balance the public books. They took an approach where they um, reduced government subsidy for investment into affordable housing, investment into social rent. Mm -hmm. And they um, came up with a new product called affordable rent. Mm -hmm. Now, affordable rent is defined as a property um, which is let at a rent, which is anything up to 80% of market rent. Mm. Yeah, that's intermediate rent. No. Oh, yeah. Let the man finish. This cake is thick. <laughs> so the idea is that affordable rent, obviously, if you're charging people up to 80% of market that's rent. That's crazy. The idea is that it, that still goes to people who are most in housing need. Mm. Um, but the subsidy gap is made up because you're charging higher rents. Yeah. But, but the, so the challenge for local authorities is, well, I've still got people who are on sort of low to median incomes um, who were just about able to get into social rent. Mm-hmm. How are they now going to be able to... Yeah. An extra 40%. Yeah. 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 So then you're looking at um, the hit on sort of the benefit bill and mm. housing benefit. Uh, yeah. Yes, of course. So of effectively, course. what you've done is you've switched 
revenue support for people on housing benefit because mm. you need to make up that gap between what people were previously getting uh, uh, into your social rent to affordable rent. Mm. You're basically switching that capital subsidy. You, well, you're switching the subsidy from capital to revenue. Got you. So rather than it being an investment issue for, you know, the government department responsible for housing. <laughs> no, it's an issue for the council. It, no, it then for the benefits. issue for the Department of Works and Pensions. Because mm. they have to pay out mm. the benefits. Yes. Yeah. So instead of buying the properties, we're paying the benefits. Uh, the also, also, that subsidy gap is filled by, okay, if you're a housing association, for example, and you've now got to deliver um, properties where you're getting lower, um, sorry, where you're getting uh, less subsidy, mm. um, as an alternative to charging higher rents, you then need to go out and do more commercial activity. Mm. Yeah, so you then need to go out and start selling more homes. Yeah, fill the hole in your books. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's social rent and affordable rent. Yeah. Now you've got intermediate products. Mm. Yeah. So this is where you have. Sounds like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you have intermediate rent. Mm. Gotcha. Um, but the difference, um, it's not just about um a uh product in relation to the market it's about the client group mm -hmm. so intermediate rent exactly what it says is for those who aren't quite deemed to be in the most housing need but mm. can't quite afford to buy or rent privately. Yeah. which is many most of us yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah especially our generation i'm, mm -hmm. I'm assuming we're yeah we are yeah. 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 yeah vintage vintage <laughs> <laughs> Um, you have to use it was in his contract when he signed a new job he's got to use words like vintage <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to I know how, how old I am I don't want yeah, to so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, don't need to be reminded yeah. millennial, millennial. <laughs> to this day um, yeah we're, we're caught in that, in that gap yeah we are we are um, so intermediate rent is so similar to affordable rent it's uh, rents that are usually up to 80% of market rent mm. except it's a different client group you might not necessarily be in um, the most housing need. Mm. Um, if you stretch yourself, you might be able to rent privately. You might be able to share with friends. Mm. Um, but the differences as well. So as I said, it's the differences with the client group, but also it's the terms of the um, agreement. agreement. Mm. Uh, okay. So it's not, whereas with social rent and affordable rent, they're longer term tenancies. Mm. Uh. Intermediate rent. Much shorter, yeah, yeah. three years, six two years, yeah, five, six, mm. six years. And, and how the rent increases work over time is different. Yeah. Got you, yeah. Um, so in terms of other intermediate products, I'm sure you're familiar with shared ownership. Yeah, yeah. 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 So shared ownership is another intermediate product. Mm -hmm. Um, a low cost home, which again government provides subsidy for. Mm -hmm. Um, you know you're able to buy a proportion of the property, buy equity in the property. Mm usually a minimum of 25%. Mm -hmm. um, and then you pay rent on the element that you don't own. Mm. Yeah. There's a specific, particularly if subsidies gone into it, and there's a specific formula that the housing provider has to use to calculate that rent. Okay. And it's That's based good. on, um, it's a calculation linked to the value of the equity that you don't own. Okay. Mm -hmm. Over time, mm -hmm. you can increase your equity investment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a range of options. It depends on, broadly depends on what your circumstances are. Mm. Got you. Got you. So, so I guess in summary, mm -hmm. affordable housing is a classification for the property. Yeah. yeah the and then the products mm -hmm. that allow you to access that pool of affordable housing yeah. is what differs depending on your circumstances. Exactly. Okay. Depending on your circumstances, depending on um, what you can afford. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and as I said, it's about choice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. One of the things that successive governments, uh, local, central, um, at county level, like the GLA, yeah, tries to do is to give people choice because it's not a, it's not always a one size fits all. Mm. And then, of course, there's all of the politics that's folded into that. Mm. And really and truly, um, what you need for ha- you know. People talk about solving the housing crisis. You need a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like anything. Really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like infrastructure. Mm. You know, if people have got a safe, stable, affordable home, then that's beneficial to everyone. It's beneficial mm. to the economy. It saves on the NHS. It saves crime. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, do you think it's? And I don't know if you can access the room. Do you think it's more efficient for us to be looking at developing more in London or looking at places outside of London? So like the Northern Powerhouse and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, I don't know, is there more focus on one or do you, would you even, what's your view on? So there needs to be a balance. I think, I think London, um, London drives the economy of the UK. Mm-hmm. It's where the jobs are. It's where the, technically where the opportunities are. Yeah. Uh, but that's historic. Yeah. You know, the fina- London is the financial centre. Um, it's a global city. And what that has meant over time is that there's been an underinvestment elsewhere. Yeah. So there's that's you know definitely a great point, um, but it's not just about housing. Um, in other parts of the country, you also need to improve the infrastructure. Mm. You also need to bring jobs and businesses there, mm-hmm. and you know it is partly the job of um, you know local and national government to 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 invest mm. and to make sure that those opportunities are there. Because you see that in places where, you know, Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. Crop Top. Yeah, you know, even Leeds. Or whatever it was and uh, do stuff like that. But the funny thing is, I guess, <clears throat> it's about the timing, right? So trying to do things in parallel. So London, because there's been so much, uh, say, pressure, population pressure mm. at the time, hence why the infrastructure is there. I mean, yeah, as a city, yeah. from an infrastructure mm-hmm. and transport point of view, We've got so many, many options. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You now yeah. go outside of London, it's not the same. Mm. So the, the two almost need to, there needs to be like a perfect, you know, equilibrium between the, two. the growth in, in the opportunity and population, but also the, the growth in infrastructure. And the problem with infrastructure yeah. stuff is it takes so long. Yeah. The crossroads, what, been 10 years? Yeah. They're making them yeah. still a year or yeah. two away and from it. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a tough one. Yeah, no, definitely. And it goes back to having a long-term strategy, which doesn't always chime with the political cycles. Exactly. <laughs> the political yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the political you know. focus is at the time. Exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <coughs> you know, it is something that needs to be looked at. And, you know, the coalition government, um, before the referendum, there was a lot of talk about the Northern powerhouse. Mm. You know, places like, Northern cities like Liverpool and yeah. Manchester, where stuff is happening. Yeah, because I've been there, so mainly for you stag know, dudes. Yeah. I've been to these places. <laughs> I thought I was going to say mainly for work. No, no, not really, you know. Everywhere I've worked, I've been focused in London. Yeah. But like you go to like your Liverpool, your Manchester, Leeds, and these places, and you see where the development's happening. Yeah. Um, and you can see where okay, because even one of the companies I was at before, a lot of things were getting moved up to Leeds, mm-hmm. and they were saying that where there is opportunity now up yeah. there, some of these kids are leaving university and thinking, yeah. well, I don't need to go to London; I can stay in Leeds. Yeah. Does that take some of the pressure off London? Definitely. You know, does people that live here now think actually, you know, what? I wouldn't mind living in Manchester. Mm. I wouldn't mind living in Birmingham. If there's more opportunity, I but suppose, then the, but connect, the connectivity between those t- cities up north, yeah, there, it's not there yet, is it? You know, the rail infrastructure, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Like which car, the car's king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Whereas in London, you know, public transport 
it's amazing. That's it's the one thing people outside yeah. London often mention is yeah. that you know we have public transport links. As much as we think they're not mm. great, yeah. they're a lot better than outside of London. Oh yeah, yeah. as I've yeah. said, yeah. I mean I've worked outside of London for most of my career, and yeah, it's the same. People live in villages. Yeah, still live in very remote towns. So you know, most of them I know have been driving since they were sixteen. That's straight, out, they need to be driving so they can be mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the things that. Um, the makeup of the country has to change essentially. Yeah, yeah and that's not going to be easy. Yeah. No, no, not not going to be done overnight. Not at all. So, of the sixty-six thousand homes a year, how many of them are going to be just rental? Because I'm guessing that affordable <coughs> housing, all of those levels that you mentioned, is mm-hmm. everything from social rent to um, part buy, part rent. Yeah. How much of the sixty-six k is going to be just rental properties? So, you know, as I said earlier, there, there's there is a. a overarching target that mm. 50% of that is affordable. Mm. But that is the, so, you know, that's a target at, at sort of London level. Mm. Beneath that, um, it's dependent on what local authorities deem to be required yeah. and needed in their own areas. Yeah. Okay. So in, in London, we've got, we've got 33 local authorities, mm. 32 boroughs and the city of London. Mm. They've all got, the, the, you know, they're of different, Priorities, priorities, strategies, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some local authorities are very much in favour of home ownership, yeah. push shared ownership more, yeah. and yeah. intermediate products. Whereas others, and most to be fair, are more about you know we need more provision of social rent. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are enough people would say um, there are enough sort of private homes for sale yeah. Um, yeah. and rent being delivered. But what we're not catering for is social, yeah. social, yeah. and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, homes that are more affordable mm. yeah, for people yeah. on lower incomes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to have that base. Yeah, and, and, to and live. you know, for what what we used to be called key workers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, teachers, you know, police, uh, people who work for the fire brigade mm-hmm. who, you know, may well have a job in zones one or two and yeah. have to live out in zones five or six. Yeah. yeah. Is it right for them to be travelling in hour and a half? And then be up to, to, yeah. to and they protect keep the city us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, those are the, the pe- perfect point. People who work in the service industry mm. yeah, who keep yeah. the city running. Mm. Um, so I think it, it's not as simple mm. as saying how many are going to be, you know, social rent or yeah. shared ownership. Mm. I, think, I think at a mayoral level, uh, at, at a city level, I think um, the split roughly is sort of 60, 60 to 40. Yeah. Um, <coughs> on the affordable element. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I think there's a key driver for there to be more sort of social rent. Yeah, And homes yeah. at uh, lower rent levels yeah. being delivered. Yeah. Um, and just a further added le- layer of complication <laughs> is, so, so in London, we have, the mayor invests in what? is called a London affordable rent yeah. product. Okay. Which is rents that he publishes, mm-hmm. um, but they're more akin to social rent levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're broadly similar, but they're just calculated in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. One question we had is, is the cost of living factored into this? Yeah. Because, so uh, one question, uh, one thought I would have is mm-hmm. that's spiked over yep. recent years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, what is affordable to somebody has changed quite dramatically mm-hmm. over those couple of years. How much is that factored in? Because I just think, you know, yeah, it's just become all our other expenses increased yep. so much as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at a local level, local authorities, um, I wouldn't say there are different approaches. Mm. You know, when you talk about cost of living, you could look at just wages, look at median, median uh, sort of wage levels and say, we are, in terms of social rent, 
mm. and those who we deem to be most in social in in, in housing need, mm. um, we're gonna base that on median income. <coughs> so, if you look at, let's look at Tower Hamlets for example, mm-hmm. as, a, as a specific example, you know the median median income might be you know thirty five k a year. Bearing in mind, Canary Wolf is in Tower Hamlets. Mm. Yeah. 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 That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. When you see basically had its own council, but yeah. So yeah. basically, what Ricky's saying is that there's going to be a lot of high earners yeah. in Canary Skewing Wolf that are skewing exactly. that. So the the average person is probably on a lot less than thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so when you talk about cost of living, it can't just be wages. Mm. You know, you have to look at you know household circumstances. You have to look at. Um, potential house price growth in future. Mm. Um, so there isn't there isn't a one single approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's definitely a factor. But the easiest way and and probably the most consistent way of doing it is to look at incomes and it's to look at wages. Mm. So, um, for example, um, in London, uh, the mayor has a product called London Living Rent. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that that yeah, that is a, an intermediate rented product. However. Um, in order to be able to qualify for that product um, or for that tenure, um, you have to be on a household income of no more than 60K per year. Got you. And rents are based on ward level median incomes and they're published every year. Okay. Yeah? So if you live in, uh, I don't know, Elephant and Castle, um, is in parts of it is in uh, Southwark. Southwark, mm-hmm. yeah. At a ward level, um, there are rents published. Yeah, that are pegged to median incomes, and um, that's what we strive to do is to ensure that people pay no no more than a third of their income on their housing costs. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's another key factor when you talk about affordability. Mm. Yeah, I think at the moment across the board, on average, Londoners are paying anywhere up to fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, the disposable. Yeah, yeah, you look at ONS stats and. Which it can't be right. It can't be. That just How I just that think that hampers yeah. social mobility so much. How can you save to do anything more, yeah. build anything? Exactly. Well, and and you know, if you're spending half of what you earn on just one, one thing. Yeah. I'm a bit more, yeah. It's a big element, yeah. but one element of your life, yeah. you got fifty percent left to do everything, everything else. else. That's and tough. Save. Eat. That's yeah. tough. Paid, you know, save. save, invest. Look after your kids. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. I think the reason for all of these questions and for people's level of uncertainty is we, we want to know. If the once these goals are being met, mm-hmm. are people that are paying private rent because they 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 have to do it because they can't get any other mm-hmm. homes, are they actually going to see a difference? Am I going to be mm-hmm. able to speak to my friends and five out of seven are going to yeah. say, actually, you know what, I'm actually out of private rent now. I'm mm-hmm. able to live here and things are better. Are we actually going to see these differences? Well, so there's two aspects to it. There's you know wages have fallen behind mm-hmm. in recent times, mm-hmm. so there's something to be said about you know, wages catching up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of how our housing market works, you'll see stuff in the press all the time about, you know, there being a housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's partly because we've got a model that is aligned to, or that relies on um, house prices continually increasing. Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, you're going to get to a place where only, and we're, we're probably already there, where only so. certain people can afford to yeah. 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 access yeah. housing privately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At a basic level, you could say that if you increase housing supply overall, there's going to be more homes in the market and more competition. Mm. So then it becomes a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. So 
in order to be competitive, housing providers are going to have to drop their prices. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to drop the rents that they charge. Mm. Yeah. But going back to the figures I was, you know, um, uh, alluding to earlier about what we're currently delivering mm. versus what we should be delivering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the question is, when are we going to get there? When yeah. are we going to achieve that convergence? Yeah. And then layer over the fact that the person who's delivering that could change. Yeah. 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 So politics again. Going back to the political side. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the, the mayor's Tennessee, the mayor's office, isn't it limited to two terms or something? Or? No, not limited to two terms. Okay. So we've I, only ever had two terms mayors up until now yeah i thought there well, was bringing something where you could you, a bit like the american president you can you can't do more than two terms no i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing well it's only about it's a good thing if you agree with what the mayor's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. if you, don't, if you like the man in power you can be there for, person in power for 16 sorry. years you're finished yeah yeah you know but but, but you know there's there's when when and just to reiterate again i'm here in a personal <laughs> capacity <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer you know, when, when the mayor was first elected you know one of the things that he kept on saying around housing was you know, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're coming in at a place where you're playing catch up mm -hmm. and then you're trying to, you know, build and uh, increase the supply to a level mm -hmm. where, you know, you're offsetting and, and linking back to your point around um, population growth. You're trying to build for the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But where you're always playing catch up, yeah. when are you actually, actually going to get there? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. bad enough you're playing catch up. That's, yeah, that's the big question. On multiple fronts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, because you're playing catch up for multiple reasons. Mm hmm. We're trying to plan ahead for the future. Mm -hmm. Different things are now being thrown into the bowl. Mm -hmm. Brexit, mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. that, you know. And then we talked about infrastructure. He's got problems to face there with TfL and the roads. And yeah. there's just so many things in the mix. It's, it's crazy. Well, I mean, housing is and should probably be looked at as social infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 if, 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 you know, the funding the NHS, for example, is it's a vote winner. Regardless mm. of political view, you know, no government's going to come in or it's unlikely that any government will come in <laughs> and on the fund or will want to be seen to be underfunding the, the NHS. Yeah. 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 If that thinking was applied to housing, then you'd thinking about the levels of investment that would be, would be required, you know, you could probably, you could comfortably at the moment increase the level of investment into housing by two or three billion pounds a year. And it probably still wouldn't nationally, and it probably still wouldn't scratch the surface. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then when you look at London alone, yeah. Again, that probably still wouldn't get you where you need to be just mm. for London. So, yeah, mm. it's it's again, it goes back to the point around taking that long term view. And is there? Uh, sorry, uh, I was gonna say, is there any anything in in what I was talking about earlier? So, we talked a lot about building new homes, right? Yeah. And every once in a while, you'll read something in the press about the empty homes or, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and not, and let me separate, and um, let me back here, separate, not what the empty homes. Yeah. So not the homes that mm. someone has privately bought mm -hmm. and now they're sitting on a beach somewhere and they haven't bothered to put anyone in it. That, yeah. In my mind, to some extent, that's their business because yeah, they're paying the mortgage for that. That's their business, right? To, at a certain level. Right? Yeah. Mm. But I'm talking about, there's a, and this, once again, this is what you read in the press, so I guess if you can clarify. I'm talking about where there's, you know, old council stock or, there's, you know, there's repossessed homes. Uh, there's homes that are already built. Mm -hmm. People are not living in. Isn't there something that could be done around that? Or maybe there is something being done around yeah, that. Yeah, but I'd very much doubt that a lot of those are being left. I, I don't know if you... I saw a mad stat in the paper. I can't really? remember what it was, but there was a there was a point as with these things. Mm. Someone whipped it up and then someone in government had to answer for it and say, well, look, you know, it's not that simple, et cetera, et cetera. They were talking about even if it's a privately owned home, if it's been unoccupied for X amount of time, 
re, um, taking it back or forcing rental or something like that. Mm. Is there anything in that, do you think? Or, so, or are you just not going to scratch the surface? <laughs> um, so there is a tiny proportion of, against, when, when you look at housing stock as a whole, mm. um, the amount of empty homes mm. is a tiny fraction of that. 1% or something, if that. I don't know the stat, yeah. but it, it is a very small proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, local authorities have enforcement power yeah. to be able to possess uh, or take control of properties that are left empty. Even if they're privately owned? Well, but <laughs> that, that, that legislation only goes as far as where they're derelict or yeah. where they're causing... Um, Public nuisance or something. Yeah. Cool. So okay. they, they can go in and they've got the right to pursue the owner of mm. that property mm. to either ensure that they bring it up to a standard mm. or, um, as I said, the local authority can um, repossess. repossess it. Mm. That is as far as the legislation goes. Mm. Yeah? And in the past, I think maybe about five or six years ago, now this was a real topical issue. Yeah. And there was a national program. Investment was made available to bring empty homes back into use. Mm. But it was so difficult because there are so many different circumstances yeah. where a home can be left empty. Mm. And really and truly, um, if you own a home, um, the own, there are very few means by which, unless it's, you know, it's causing a nice or and people mm. are complaining, mm. um, there are very few means by which those empty homes can be brought to the attention of the local authority. We're going to mm. say, how do you identify it's empty? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So through the council tax system. Yeah, true. Because um, if you're an owner, you're liable for council tax. Yeah. Yeah. There's a discount if there's no one in it. Mm. Yeah. So people report it through that. So then, okay. you know, local authorities can maintain those statistics. Mm. Um, if it's like a buy-to-let property, mm. recent changes to taxation of buy-to-let property yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. buy-to-let landlords mm. actually means there's a disincentive for people to report it. Mm. So basically what I'm saying is, you know, while it's overall, it's a tiny proportion of the overall housing stock, how much can you rely on those stats? Yeah, okay. yeah, Do we really know the extent yeah. to which yeah, probably you know, not. there's empty properties out there? Probably not. Yeah, but as I was saying earlier, uh, about five or six years ago, there was a national um, program of investment to bring empty properties back into use, um, predominantly with local authorities. So they were responsible for enforcement. Mm. But then with that, you know, they can go to um, the property owner and say, you know, um, let me invest in this property to bring it up to a standard. Mm. Um, I will um, I will um, take it off you. Mm. I'll rent, I will, um, you can lease it to me for mm. a certain period. So I can get people in. Mm, yeah. Yikes. Just go ahead. I was going to say, because you mentioned Brexit earlier, how is Brexit going to affect affordable housing? So that's a very good question. Um, obviously, there's still uncertainty. Mm. <laughs> that's the one and thing I, that's certain. Yeah. And I, <laughs> at, 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 at a very basic level, I can say this because it's been in the press. Mm. Um Housing associations, there's been a few housing associations over the last few months. Going back to what I was saying earlier about them having to become developers in their own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're in control of construction, of sites that they've that bought. Mm. Um, they're responsible for um, taking those sites through the planning process. Mm. Um, what what bre- Brexit means, and we don't know what it means because we still don't know what mm-hmm. deal we're going to get. Mm. Or, or when. Or, or when. <laughs> but that uncertainty means that their boards 
naturally mm, become bad. nervous about taking on new sites. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just about um, maintaining delivery of affordable housing, but just housing generally. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. developers and contractors as well, because of the uncertainty, it's about, it's like any other business. They don't want to make big decisions about mm. investment. Yeah, yeah. Land yeah. isn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll wait in, a bit and see what happens before I take the plunge. Yeah. So when you say what it means for affordable housing, if you're a private developer, um, you buy a site and you want to build homes, mm. you, your consideration, um, more often than not, is about the bottom line and making profit and making as much as you want, uh, m as much um, return as, as possible can. from that acquisition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, taking a site through the planning process, you are required to make a social contribution. Mm. Whether that be through, you know, investing in, um, you know, local open space or okay. Okay. Um, local health provision. Mm -hmm. Part of that social contribution is affordable housing. Mm -hmm. In uncertain times, and as it is their right to do, um, a private developer or a private um, individual um, may take the decision that actually um, making that social contribution um, takes away from the return that I get. And because it's a negotiation, mm. the impact will be that in uncertain times and where prices start to go down, <laughs> you can, you know, planning policy allows you to make the argument that providing more affordable homes makes it difficult for me to provide any homes. Mm. Yeah? So then it's a conversation about viability. You say that your scheme's unviable. The local authority may say um, you've got to deliver 35% of all of the properties at an mm. affordable level. You may say, well, I can do that. But what that means is that there's a black hole mm. in the finances for this scheme. Yeah. Mm. So I can't take it forward. Yeah. But if I, if I, if I can deliver 25%, I can do it. then I can yeah. do it. Yeah. Or they might say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll do 35%, but I'll build less homes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so Pick one. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it affects wow. not just affordable housing, but all housing. Delivery. Are those um, negotiations agreed before construction? Because in my line of work, I've had leaseholders complain that when they purchased the property before build, they were told that there were only going to be a certain number of social housing. And then now they've bought and they live there. There's actually this percentage. So when is that, when is that agreed, that number of social housing? So um, all local authorities have a local plan. Yeah. And within that, they will set um, a threshold. Mm. So they'll say overall, every development needs to have X amount of the, the homes need to be affordable. Mm. And within that, a certain proportion needs to be social or yeah. affordable rent and the remainder needs to be an intermediate product. Yeah. For some local authorities, it's, I mean, I don't want to go into specifics, <laughs> but um, for many of them, um, the split is somewhere between 70-30 okay. in mm. favour of um, the rented and intermediate or 60-40. Yeah. Got you. Um, but they're all different. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. This might be a little bit off topic, but what's the... A, sorry, oh, and then sorry. it's a negotiation. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. What are the laws behind making people homeless? So the reason I say this is because there'll be some people in affordable housing that possibly don't pay rent or don't, don't pay very little rent or no rent, don't look after the homes they've been given. Mm -hmm. And they're just making no contribution to having a home where there's a family that are struggling to pay private rent and they would cherish that home they'll be given they'll pay all of their rent so whoever they're renting from will get the full amount of rent rather than the partial amount that somebody else has been getting and they'll look after the property what are the laws behind in, behind going into a property and seeing that somebody's not valuing what they've been given 
and basically taking it away from them. Does it work on that basis? It's very challenging for a landlord um, to, to remove anyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Um, and Trust me. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's <laughs> the laws. Some people would argue that the laws are way too restrictive mm. and that it's too easy for landlords to remove people. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a push in for, favor of the tenant. Yeah, there's always a push for um, tenants to have more rights. Yeah. And it's a case. The question that you're asking me, it's, 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 it's more of a case by a case approach. Yeah, that's a yeah. tough yeah. one. Because it, but it is really difficult. Mm. And then added to that, if it's someone who is in a social rent, rented property, for example, mm. they would have been deemed to have been most in housing need. Yeah. yeah. So then by removing them, Where'd they go? Are yeah. you, you, you're exacerbating their situation. Yeah. 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 Then there's a knock-on effect on, you know, other services, mm. social yep, care, yep, 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 um, yep, yep, yep. health, you know. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the point you made about there's a clamour for tenants to get more rights. Isn't there, isn't there two separate things though? So I guess what Sam's talking about is people that effectively fall into default, right? Mm-hmm. But the overall, the, the, the macro level call for more tenants' rights is about... You know, you're a good paying tenant in private rent, say. I can't just say, oh, you know, I'm selling the house, Ricky, you've got to be out. You've only been there six months. Because in other countries, yeah. there's minimum terms. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't even just decide you're going to sell the property. Yeah. The person has to have a breach the contract. Yeah. Otherwise, they're there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that some of what people want in the privacy? It's a bit of both. Mm. It's mm. a bit of both. Mm. Um, I think, you know, when, when you're a tenant, you enter into an agreement with your landlord, mm. you know, one of the conditions will be you're required to pay your rent X mm. amount on time. Mm. Um, if you don't, then there are certain consequences. Mm. Um, with affordable housing products, um, there are the laws are a bit more stringent. Mm. You know, it's a bit more robust. You know, there are protections there. Yeah. Um, and as a local authority, for example, who are a lot of them are, um, uh, you know, you know, massive landlords mm. in their local mm. area. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to be seen to be putting people out <laughs> on the street, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. again, you know, they will have responsibility for housing that individual. Mm. So you know, it's, it comes back to how you manage those tenancies and mm. how you support tenants to make sure that they've got the stability to be able to, you know, keep up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Root calls, I guess. Yeah. On the private side, um, I think there's a big drive at the moment and certainly in, 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 in the mayor's housing strategy where there's a push to help leaseholders yeah. and to make sure that leaseholders have not just longer term tenancies mm-hmm. but that there are more protections mm-hmm. on um, what they're charged. Okay, mm-hmm. I agree. Service mm-hmm. charges are a big yeah. issue oh, at yeah. the moment mm-hmm. um, and the laws around service charges at the moment are all the landlord needs to do is to just make sure that they don't overcharge the mm. tenant for services that are rendered yeah. for them living in that that property uh-huh. or that block. That's pretty much it. Mm. So they're 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 required to provide um sort of an itemized breakdown mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what you're being charged for, mm. what your service charges are going towards. Um, however, there isn't a consistent means. Um, measuring that. that depends on where you live, yeah. what features there are. Is yeah. there a concierge? Yeah. 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 What floor you're on? So mm-hmm. yeah. So and every landlord um, may, every landlord may have their own approach to calculating so uh, service charges. Yeah. yeah so you know, 
there's definitely some work that can be done around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely a big advocate of the in the private in the private rent anyway about giving people a bit more surety. In terms yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I've had so many friends who moved into a place, got a six month sort of tenancy, six month contracts, thinking, well, I'll be here for at least a year and a half, a yeah. couple of years. One of my friends even had a child. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. at the end of that six months, well, four months in because he gave him two months notice, was like, yeah, you know what? The market's too good, bro. I'm selling up out. And it's just like, well, I've no, been there. Has I've been there 16 weeks, bro. I've got, yeah. I've, I've got, I've got a baby. And I've seen so many people. We're in the current, but, yeah, in this current yeah. state we're in, like that has to be addressed because more and more people cannot afford to buy a home. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we have to give some stability. And that's my main thing for me, wanting to own a home myself. Yeah, it's the stability. It's stability. Mm-hmm. I remember the conversations we used to have mm-hmm. because I remember there was a point where I thought, okay, I'm ne- it's never going to happen. I don't actually care anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to live and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. But then I remember we had those conversations like, okay, when you have a family now, mm-hmm. you're going to, you need that stability. You mm-hmm. can't be moving around every year or every six months you know it's not good for your child's development for your family's development and there's too much variability you might not find a property that's suitable but the clock's ticking yeah and as i said i don't know the specifics but i do know effectively in every other developed country the tenant (laughs) the protection for tenants is is a lot greater Mm -hmm. america's been cited as example france or certain places where Mm. you know there's protection for uh, how your rent can increase on mm. an annual basis or contract mm-hmm. by contract basis, the kind of notice you need to be given, the so, reasons you'd be given notice, etc. So I don't know if you can answer this one and just following what you're saying. Mm. Do you ever think that we'll fully move to a model where we become more of a rented society rather than a homeowning society? I think we will. It's, it's a cultural it looks, it looks thing. Like it. Because I think that feels, t- yeah, and it's, it's good you say that because I think that's tied to very much Britishness yeah. of owning your home. Yeah. But is that the reality that we li- now live in? I think it's it a lot more sinister than that. But I'll, I'll give the answer you can't give. Go on. <laughs> you give your answer. <laughs> I'm about you this. know, it's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about people having choice. It's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on where people are in their lives, you know, what they're looking for, um, what their need is. Um, you know, the, their, their family structure mm. um, and where they are and where they want to live. Mm. Um, but I think it's a cultural thing where we're a society of home ownership. That's the aspiration. Mm. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a mindset for a lot of people. Yeah, mm. definitely. Why? Why, why is it a mindset? Uh, hang on. <laughs> all right, Jay. That's all right, mate. Man turned his hat backwards and all sorts. <laughs> it's, it's a mindset for a lot of people because you know, that's, they've been raised that way. Yeah, yeah, you 100%. Know, their parents strove to do that. Yeah, it's a massive sign um, of achievement. Yeah, it goes back to the 80s, you know, on the Thatcher where, you know, it was very much about owning your home. Mm. Um, you know, the right to buy came in and it's, it's, it's seen as the pinnacle. Yeah. However, in other countries like the States, for example, you know, the rented sector is much more mature. It's mm. a much more mature market. It's definitely seen as, and again, it goes back to a personal thing and a cultural thing. People don't feel like they have to own that home. Mm. Yeah. But what you do get in places like the States and some in places like in Europe, like Germany, for example, is rent controls. Mm. Yeah. In this country, and when I say rent controls, I mean rent controls around um, private rents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in this country, that's been a bit of a political football. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I need to be careful about what I say here. Um, but, you know, politically, um, you know, you may have uh, an approach which says that, you know, you need to have a free market because if there are rent controls, um, then you won't have people, you won't have investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah. you'll reduce. You disincentivize buy, people. Yeah, you'll yeah, disin- yeah. disincentivize the buy-to-let yeah, investors. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, um, there are others 
where you've got buy-to-let investors, you've got buy-to-let landlords who, own, who already own hundreds and hundreds of homes. Mm. Um, and without certain restrictions, um, it, it's going to be difficult for people to access that home, that, those homes. Mm. And you restrict the pool of people who are able to access those homes. Mm. So, there, there, you know, there are different schools of thought. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but it's, it's very challenging for any government. Mm. Yeah, but... That's all I'll say. Well played. But, but, yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the, the reason why we're like that here is because the whole property market and the way it's been built has been a cornerstone of lots of families' generational wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to now come and change that, you're going to have a big problem mm. with a lot of important and powerful people. Mm. Some of the yeah. richest people in this country's uh, wealth is built on, property. you know, uh, property and the, the mechanics of the property market we have here. So, mm. yes, whilst it's become cultural and whilst, you know, you're effectively, the, your choice of stability is either get a social, uh, get a home on social rent, you know, which is some, it used to be lifelong tenancies. But yeah. They're yeah. trying to change that, aren't they? Or there's there's a mixture. There's a mixture. Oh, okay. Well, but it's a lot more long term, mm-hmm. right? You can look ahead in years, yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to months. Or you buy somewhere and it's yours. Mm-hmm. There's no in between, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Wiki is described in other countries, there's an in between that creates a market that has for years um, meant that if you have the right backing, if you have the right uh, capital, you can you can get pretty wealthy um, off the back of it. So and and a lot of that wealth tends to be quite concentrated on one part of the political spectrum. Mm. So they're not going to change it. Mm. It's not going to get changed. Yeah, oh, Not yeah, anytime yeah. soon. I've got one last question just because of time. Do the government, and this is going off what you said about owning a home is a mentality. Do the government consider that people want to get to a point where they can own homes? And is that considered when saying a home is affordable? Because I think if they look at it as if there's enough homes, you don't need to own a home. As long as you have somewhere to live, mm-hmm. yes. then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Then that means that your income isn't, you're not trying to save your income for a mortgage. Therefore, you can afford private rent or yeah. intermediate rent because you have somewhere to live. Is that the way they're looking at things? Or do they look at the fact that young people want to be able to save money to actually p- get a mortgage one day? So at, at, at the moment, I think it's, I'd say it's more the latter. Mm. And it goes back to the cultural mm. point mm-hmm. where, you know, if if you've grown up in a household um, where you know, your your parents own their own home, then that's what you you'll aspire yeah, to. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um and even even if even if you you know you grew up in a in an affordable uh, property, uh, social rented property, um, you know, you'll mix with people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where their parents own their own, their own homes. Mm-hmm. And and actually, going back to the stability point, even though those two um tenures are at opposite ends of the spectrum, They've both got security. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because social rent, you know, lifetime tenancies, mm-hmm, your yeah. parents own their home, they own, they own yeah, their home. Yeah. yeah. It's those who are in the middle. Yeah. Yep. The and middle. then it's coming up with a solution mm. um, that is able to help uh, more people who are in the middle. Mm. And, and that's the challenge. Yeah. The rise in PRS, mm-hmm. is that to support the idea that we're going to get to a point where people are not trying to buy, where it's just renting? Hmm. Possi- well, possibly, but again, it's another option. Mm. It's 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 about choice. Um, there are a lot a lot of the um sort of large built to rent firms from America, mm. and have now gotten into got into the market here. Mm. But built to rent is still an immature market gotcha. in the UK. Mm. Um, built to rent 
it's about homes being built on a much larger scale, mm. but also, you know, higher quality, yeah. consistency of management, because mm. these guys are professionals, as opposed to, you know, a build to rent landlord who, own, who owns two or three properties. Mm. They're mm. not going to be able to, um, well, they may not be able to deliver um, the economies of scale and yeah, the yeah. Um, quality, consistent quality mm. of management mm. that a company that's set up to do, a real estate firm set mm. up to do that business yeah, is able yeah. to offer. Yeah. Mm. So it's not, it's not necessarily about, certainly not in the short term, it's not necessarily about um, build to rent home, build to rent homes being um, cheaper, mm. but it's just about you get, um, on the whole, you get better quality for your money. Mm. Yeah, got you, yeah. got you. I don't know believe the stability thing is a key factor. If you said Massively. to most people, Massively. actually, if you end as a private rent, there's X amount of stability, mm. there's X amount of conditions about how you have to exit that property, etc. Mm. The clamour mm. and this pressure that people put on themselves to own homes mm-hmm. would, 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 decrease. would decrease massively. Mm. Yeah, and totally I'd bet money on it. Yeah. And, and then also, you know, people buy homes sometimes and, and, you know, this is a personal view. Um, when you say to someone, you know, why, why do you want to own that home, that home so much? It's very rare that their first response is because, you know, that's where I want to build a family and live for the next 25 years. They're thinking, oh, you know, the value is going to increase and then yeah. maybe I can buy another mm. one and, you know, or maybe yeah. I can sell that and, yeah. and upgrade. They're not thinking that actually this is about buying a house where, especially if you've got kids as well, this is where I'm buying a house to have this stability. This is where I want to raise my family. Mm. This is where I want to live for the next 25 years. Yeah. Mm. At the back of people's minds, it's like, culturally we've been conditioned to think you know what property is an amazing investment yeah. Yeah. it's because what we've seen housing price yeah. 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 yeah it's what we've seen it's what we've but seen that, that can't continue in perpetuity no. nah for sure for sure i want a home that's what i want i want a home mm. that I'm, i don't like moving in it so <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's not it. fun Same. that's it when i buy a place Same. that's it yeah. it's the house that my yeah. kids will come back to my grandkids will come back yeah. to etc you know and, and to be honest i want to invest my money in other things that I've, over time, I've shown to uh, yeah. have a higher rate of return, <laughs> more risk, but you know. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Another great episode. Definitely. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So, um, thank you for coming down, Ricky. Thank you. Um, Do you want to tell us your you socials? Socials, John. Oh. <laughs> I follow. You, you know, some people follow. Um, you know, Jay Z and people mm. like that on social <laughs> media. I follow John. Same here, bro. Listen, listen. You got to follow the almanac. I'm on Twitter. R- Ricky doesn't really use socials. To be yeah. fair, I think he's last person on Instagram in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't tweet. So. I'm on LinkedIn though. Yes. Okay. And, LinkedIn. and one thing I would say to people is, your LinkedIn account should be as active. As your Twitter. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, really? yes, oh, yeah. Of course. That's yeah. I network, try and post man. Yeah, network. That's how you make yeah. the career moves. Trust me. You know, that's Instagram that's might get so you some people likes. contact you on LinkedIn, LinkedIn or, or no? Job. Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Ricardo Hyatt. You can, you know, if you know how LinkedIn works. Um, and, you know, there's lots of what I will say. Just one final point is, um, and I was saying this to John on the drive up. Um, a lot of people fall into housing um, as a career by accident mm-hmm. what I would say to people is that there's you know brilliant careers can be made in housing mm. um, so keep a lookout you know if you make the right connections as I said I'm on LinkedIn drop me a message I can say I'm happy to talk to people but I think there's a big and from sort of a diversity point as well mm. considering who the people who are most supported through affordable housing mm. products. Yeah. We need, we need a d- diversity of thought. Yeah. Basically, yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah, to recruit yeah. me on the way up here. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. You know, keep an eye out and yeah, it's a great career. Okay. 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 Make sure you guys uh, take note of that, guys. Yeah, definitely. For sure.
And as always, any questions? Yep. At Making Sense PC on Instagram, Twitter, or the email info at Making Sense Peace, info at Making Sense Podcast.com. <laughs> so I'm going to try again, guys. What do you guys learn this week? I'm going to keep on every week until someone says something. I haven't learned anything. I learned that there's uh, so many layers to um, affordable housing. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was council homes fit. or intermediate yeah. rent, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, go ahead, bro. I think, uh, what, what did I learned this week? I learned that um, sort of that. 20 to 24 generation of of young men especially young black men that they're forming and yeah. building a support network that wasn't yeah. there when i was that age mm. so uh you know um me and jay went and, and spoke on a panel this week uh somewhere yeah i mentioned it in the last episode so i just say it again yeah. but don't say this week okay yeah. so yeah me and me and me and jay went to uh to talk on a panel uh, recently, and and it was it was really good to see. I yeah. unders- underestimated the age that the people were going to be. Yeah. I automatically assumed they were closer to mine. Nah, I got there, and it was twenty one year olds, twenty two year olds who were really, really yeah. trying to understand how they can definitely. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the same when we went. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just yeah. After uni and yeah. stuff like that. So it was really good to see. So that's why I learned. No, uh, yeah. So shout out to the Obsidian Network. Indeed. Um, yeah, I met some amazing guys down there. Yeah. Very young, very driven, yeah. and it's very encouraging to see. You know, it keeps amazing. you on top of your game because if you don't keep on going, you'll be working for them in a couple of years. Trust me. <laughs> nah, definitely. Um, what did you learn this week, Ricky? Um, I this well, not this week because I, I didn't prepare for this bit. But um, <laughs> I, I discovered Dave recently. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Dave into one of the apprentices at, at work. What Santan like, Dave Dave? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, this guy. He's amazing. Psychodrama yeah. is yep. amazing. Really out there. Open my eyes for a young guy. I'm mm. really impressed. Yeah. yeah, and he's only what twenty or something, mm. something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Just wise beyond his years. That yeah. is, is this album is one of the best albums I've heard in a very long time and the funny thing is after I heard his album I tweeted and I'm going to stick by it he's going to be one of the most important if not the important artists in this country in the next few years yep. he's going to be very very, sure. very important alongside Stormzy yes mm-hmm. so. yeah. but yeah guys, right, guys. Well, thank thanks you again. Um, now you know this housing thing isn't going to be an easy fix there's so many things that go into it and now at least you know what affordable housing is yeah. yep. alright take, take care, care guys take-